You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Podcast. A look back at the football weekend and a glance forward to big upcoming matches. I'm Robbie Musto with my mate Robbie Earl. Robbie, again, just when we thought we knew what was going on and Chelsea are finding a way to get some performances back, this result is stunning. It's headline-making. They lose at home where Mourinho is normally so good, so strong to little old Bournemouth, an amazing result. But back to Mourinho, Rob, where are we right now with his kind of position at Chelsea Football Club? Well, I'm questioning how special the special one is, Rob, because um, something's broken at the football club. I said this a couple of weeks ago. Some of those relationships, I think, between the manager and the player uh, are not as strong as, as we've seen in the past. The buttons that he's pushing aren't getting the reactions from the right players. Now, for me, Rob, what he needs to do is go back to what he believes is his best 11, his best formations, and so find his best centre-back partnership and say, OK, that's buried in. Find his best centre midfield partnership, get Diego Costa up front, side with the players underneath him, and leave it alone a little bit. Work those players and leave it alone. When Chelsea were winning titles, Rob, we used to pick their team before the yeah. team sheet came out. We knew what we were getting. We knew the players in it that were playing. I know form is, is, is dipped and whatever, but at some point you have to get, go back to something solid. You have to go back to a base. I just think that Mourinho has to do that to try and regenerate some spirit and, and some feeling back into the football club. Because at the moment, they're playing almost like individuals rather than, than a team. And, and Diego Costa is becoming a sideshow that is starting to hurt the, the, the football club. Rob, at the weekend, I saw more shots of Diego Costa sitting on the bench than I saw at the game after time. It's because now he's becoming the, the media attraction. And whether this guy's playing or not... At times, he's distracting away from what's happening on the football pitch. I'll tell you what, mate, and, and this follows on from your point a little bit. I, I, I absolutely doubt whether this is at all recoverable now for Jose Mourinho. And looking at, at Mourinho's teams of the past, his players, and this goes into the, the short-term aspect of his managerial style, his players, I would say, and you tell me if you disagree, don't, and, and I'm talking a big majority, don't really enjoy playing the football, playing their football for him. It's more of a, they endure it. They endure the tactics, the style, his demands. They endure it because they go on to win. They've done that at Chelsea. Following that, that endurance, that kind of, oh, okay, you know, I'll run back and I'll do this for him. I don't really want to do it. I'm not enjoying my game as much, but I'll do it to win. Longevity in that is difficult. So I, I think that's a problem for him going forward as a manager. Um, I think if you're Roman Abramovich, I am speaking to Pep Guardiola's agents. 
I'm, I'm knocking on their door. I'm phoning them every day because he, I think, is, is yeah. somebody that Mourinho appreciates and would love to have at the football club. But, uh, you know, they, they've, got, they've got massive games upcoming. Um, but this... Porto this... game's massive. The Champions League yeah. Porto is massive for, for Jose Mourinho's reign as Chelsea manager. I, to be honest, Rob, I can see them if they get beat. I can see an interim manager coming in that football club for mm. the next six months to get them through the summer. And here's a name, you know, he'll like to throw on him. Brendan Rodgers, caretaker manager for six months. Yeah, Call the Brendan. Yeah. Us through. Love it. Why wouldn't it happen? I think it's a good shout. I think it's a good shout. Let's go. Let's, let's give a bit of credit to Bournemouth. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on Chelsea when we preview an upcoming game for them. But for Bournemouth, uh, I mean, it's an amazing story, incredible performance. The only thing I would say in trying to get into the reasons why, I think there was a little bit of a, a difference in Bournemouth, a little bit more of a pragmatic yeah. approach that we haven't seen. They've conceded a lot of goals to a lot of teams, and I thought, particularly second half, Rob, they were happy to sit in and maybe just take their opportunities on the break. It happened, uh, and it's just an amazing result, historic result for uh, Bournemouth. Well, what I saw a lot, Rob, which... It's maybe due in part to Chelsea not being fluent, not having that sort of incisive uh, attack. I saw lots of times where if I was marking Hazard, I, my, my, all I would do was send him into traffic. And, and, and at times, if I don't win the ball, my teammate won the ball, and my teammate was there to make the next challenge. And, and, and I thought they did that very well. They, they shadowed people into where they had traffic, and, and Chelsea couldn't really get any fluency. And, and I think that's part of the involvement of Bournemouth now, that, listen, one-on-one in situations against Premier League players, Bournemouth players may get beat. But if, if you know collectively how to work and you know how to send people into, into bodies, sometimes I don't win the ball, but my, my next midfield player wins the ball because I've sent him into a good area where we're not dangerous. And I think that's part of the involvement of Bournemouth. Now, the big question is, Rob, you know, they're 15 games in. Can they learn enough? quickly. Can this finish be a sharp learning curve to stay in the league? I know you think it's a 50-50 I at do. the moment. I, mm. I have to say, I think it's a little less than that just mm. because of the quality of player. A lot will depend on if they can go in the transfer market in the, in, in the, in the winter now and go and buy three experienced players who can just get them out of, the, out the of only, this uh, position. The only thing I would say about the Robert, I just think this league is, is a very different and it's a crazy league and, and I've got a question yeah. here for you that I was going to ask you. Are there three worse teams in the league than Bournemouth? And you kind of think, well, you know what? It probably is. Yeah. It probably is. And that's yeah. the 50-50 aspect. I think, well, I don't think Bournemouth have got enough quality and longevity to stay in the league, but there's probably, there might be three worst teams. We will see. I mean, I'll tell you what, mate, Swansea City, I'm not sure they're better than Bournemouth at the moment. They lost at home to Leicester City again. And, and Gary Monk, I know that, you're, you, that you've given him lots of credit. You really like him as a manager. Um, yeah. I was a little bit more sceptical, but accepting that he's done a very, very good job. I want to see it now. This is when we've got to see it. I mean, they've lost seven of the last 11 matches. You know, a team that hasn't changed that much. They haven't got bundles of injury. What is going on? How has he lost it? Well, he, he, all of a sudden, the form of his best players has, has gone up. He's got no experience to fall back on. He's a young manager, really, you know, um, 18 months uh, seriously into uh, into the job. Mm. Um, his backroom staff, there's talk whether, you know, he's got enough experience around him there mm. just to, to somebody to be a shoulder, to, to, to lean on, to, to ask questions. But it, it's like all managers. I'd like to see... Gary Monk says he knows what the problem is. I heard his press conference after the game. He said, I, I know the problem. This isn't good enough for Swansea and I've got to rectify it. Now he's, he's got to find a way to get his big players on side, get his, his big players 
playing again, get some confidence back into the group. And he needs to retain the confidence in himself. It was the first sign I saw of him. Didn't look quite as bright. And, and mm. you know, it's becoming a week-on-week occurrence now that, you know, is Gary Munn going to stay in his job? A 3-0 loss to Leicester hurts you because Swansea have been in the, long, the league longer. Swansea will feel they're a better, more established team. So they should be winning games like that. So that puts extra pressure on him. So we're in a position where a young manager with no experience, with his best players not playing for him, needs to find a way. Now, this is management. This is what it is. Management ain't when he's on a run and he's winning things and things are going hunky-dory and you do the press conference. The real test of management, when things go wrong, how does he rectify it? And does he have to make a, a, get one of the big players and get him out of the team to, to get an, a, an influence in the dressing room? Does he have to put his arm around big players in, in, in the dressing room to get some of them on side? There's no book, there's no kind of manual to tell you how this has got to be done. But Gary Monk has to believe in himself. And if he's as good a manager as I think he is, then he'll find a way out. One thing's for sure, there's good players at that club. There's good yeah. players at that club that are not playing at their their level. And i tell you what mm. it, it, it reminds me of, Rob, which is a little bit worrying it reminds me of Swansea before he took over. They've kind of gone, he had this initial burst and he made a big impact and they've kind of gone back to what they were like before he took over. Now, what he did when he took over is that he, got, he improved them defensively. And, I, you know, my final comment on Swansea and Gary Monk, get back to what you did really well when you come into this club with good players. You are more focused on defence. That's what he's got to do for me straight away. There's, there's one guy, just in finishing for me, that, that I look at, and I, and I saw it again at the weekend, and he's starting to annoy me, Rob, is Ashley Williams, the captain, yeah. fighting everybody on the opposition, like, wants to be the tough guy. Yeah. Tell you what, Ashley Williams, go back into the dressing room, get the guys back on side, do your job as a captain, because you're a good player, you're a good leader, and I heard him come out last week and say, it's not Gary Monk's fault, the players have to take some responsibility. Well, now's the time to be captain of your football club. Now's the time I want to see the leadership in you. Not worrying about the opposition and fighting with Mares this week and Micah Richards the other week and all this. Leave that alone. You've got enough problems in your own dressing room. Get on and lead this football club and show us that you're a better club than what you're doing at the moment. Leicester City. I mean, it's just amazing oh. what they're doing. We keep thinking it's going to drop off at some point. I no, still no, no, believe no. that you it will. You keep thinking it's going to drop off. Stop, <laughs> stop using the Royal We. Leicester City, Champions League, here we come. <laughs> Listen, I, I tell you what, we've, it's, it's been Vardy. Riyad Mahrez is, is in my opinion, the most valuable player at the club. I mean, he is assists, goals, the ability to take on defenders. It, we keep seeing it. We keep seeing it. And the longer it goes on, the more people are going to say, why not? Why not can't Lister, uh, Leicester go and finish in the top four? I think, you know, we, we, we should go on and, and kind of outline what they've got coming up. I mean, they've got some very difficult matches. Um, Chelsea on Monday, they've got to go to Everton. Then they go to, to Liverpool. They then play Man City at home, uh, Bournemouth, and then Spurs away. So that's, oh, that's oh, through let January. Let me just stop you there, Rob. Let me just stop you there. OK, so you're Leicester. You're top of the league. You're in Copenhagen. You're having a fancy dress. You're having a beer. And at the moment, everything's fine. Yes, Vardy's been outstanding with his goals. Yes, Mahrez has probably been the outstanding wide player in the league. But the collective of the group, I heard Ranieri say that the, the, the team is the star of, of this mm. of this club, not not any one individual. Well, let's say Chelsea right now. I'm looking at the opposition who they're playing. Chelsea, deficiencies in Chelsea. Chelsea's not the Chelsea we, we've known 18 months ago, last year winning the title. Everton, we've seen Everton have bad days. Man City didn't turn up at Stoke. 
Liverpool didn't particularly turn up at Newcastle. So for all the strength that we talked about the big teams, Rob, if I'm Manchester City in that dressing room and I'm Ranieri and I'm that group of players who are on a high at the moment, who are working for each other, who have got everything going in the right direction, why are you fearing these big games? Why, why is all of a sudden this a massive challenge? Because you, for all the teams they've got to play, I can see big deficiencies. That if Brilliant. they play really well, Great. They, will, they, will, they will give them problems. Brilliant. So Leicester City are going to be top after all these games then, Robbie Earl? Well, Robbie Earl isn't saying that. Come what on. Robbie Earl is saying is, like, everybody is jumping on there, oh, Leicester got these big games and they're going to hurt them. Well, but you're saying it's no we're, problem. We're, we're, we're a couple in now. We're Man United and, 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 um, and Swansea in. That hasn't gone too bad. We, we've got Chelsea to come who can't beat Bournemouth. So what I'm saying to you is, there's another way of looking at this thing. And if you're Leicester, the glass the glass is half full, not half empty. You're sitting top of the table. You've got the top scorer in the league, the second top scorer in the league, the most assists in the league, unbeaten in how many games? One, one, one defeat all season. Mm. These are another arguments, yeah. all I'm saying. And yeah, well, I know. Even, even I'm not going to say they'll win the league. Will we be top four? It's going to be a massive challenge. Can they be top six? You bet they can be top six with this group yeah. of players. Why, why yeah. shouldn't they? They'd yeah. have to have a real drop in form to not be somewhere near the top eight the way they're going. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd have them, you know, if I'm trying to look at the whole thing, I'd have them in eighth. I don't think Leicester City over 38 games are better than, you know, your, Man United, your, your City, Arsenal, Man United, then you've got Liverpool, Spurs, Everton and Chelsea. Robbie Musto, because I was looking at the numbers because I knew where your argument was coming. We're 15 games in. We've got 23 games to go for the rest of the season. If you look back on the last 23 games that Leicester have played, I believe they've lost two, maybe three matches of, of the last 23 Premier League games. Uh, yeah, I get you. So, give, so pop, give me a number. Give me a number of their so finishing the position. That they, could, they could go somewhere near that kind yeah. of... They drop that form. Let's say they lose five games then over, over the next 23. That still gets them somewhere in that round, fourth, fifth, sixth spot. If I, put, if, I, if, I, if I could pin you down look to... Back at, look back at history. Let me p- give me a number. Fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. What is the number? Ah, they're getting fourth and they get a Champions <laughs> League qualifier. Come on. Get uh, romantic. Uh, all right, mate. Listen, quick quick preview. They've got a big game on Monday. They go... Yeah. Well, they, they host Chelsea. Um, yeah. In terms of the lineup, we, you know, with Diego Costa, with Eden Hazard, mm. I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see the big man, the big aggressive guy back up front, working away, yeah. finding a way to earn his money and start scoring goals again. I want to see Eden Hazard on the left-hand side, so he's all out of bodies, he's out of crowd, he's got more space to use his pace and his skill to get behind defenders to create and score goals. I want to see that. Um, I want to see Cesc Fabregas sit his backside on the bench for a little while. I think he's offering absolutely nothing creatively for Chelsea and defensively is, is, is very poor. I'd rather see Oscar. Oscar have a little go alongside Matic than Cesc Fabregas right now. And I think the, 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 the Zuma Cahill is probably, you know, I want to see Azpilicueta back in the team. I like Baba Raman at left back. I want to see some shape. What, anything different to that? Or you disagree with Rob in terms of how are Chelsea going to approach this game away at Leicester? I don't know. Uh, listen, I, I don't think Sess has been anywhere near uh, the play that he can be, but I, I go back to what I said originally, Rob. I think there's a point where you have to get, in British comments, your best players on the pitch, your best partnerships on the pitch. You have to believe in them. You have to give them confidence. You have to motivate them. You have to let them go and do the job. We're all waiting for a kind of statement result from, from Chelsea that says, you know, good win. Then they go back to back three or four, and then they go... 
oh, OK, we can see that the blip is, is sort of gone. Well, I think you only get that. All this chopping and changing, I don't think, is helping things. And I know form is, is dictating a lot of that. But um, I would go back to, to, to more you know, my, my best 11. And I think it's more about playing at a pace, Robert. I worry a little bit that, that, that Chelsea can't play at some of the sustained pace now that we've seen some of the opposition that we see Leicester play at. Are they going to chop Liverpool off? When they're well, that we see Tottenham play at. But, you know, it's almost like Chelsea have to dampen the game, have to slow it down to their tempo to have a chance of winning. And that's the thing that worries me. Now, whether it's a fitness thing, we know they didn't come back to pre-season early, whether it's a motivational thing, whether it's people a little bit bored and tired with not having possession of the ball, could be a number of those factors. But it worries me a little bit that teams can almost outrun Chelsea going one way and then sit deep and, and defend in numbers going the other and Chelsea don't have enough to break them down yeah I think there were some stats coming out Rob that Bournemouth uh, I think they run like like Mm. more than five miles more or something than Chelsea overall yeah. in that game, which worry, is pretty, pretty worried. Yeah. Worried, I just, you know? just finally on that one, I just think that Chelsea, uh, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be amazed if they go there and sit back. Are they going to attack? Are they going to sit back? I mean, I, it, it's bewildering to me that Chelsea still com- continue to, to, to try and win games in that fashion. I'm going to go, in terms of a scoreline for this match, I actually think Chelsea will win this game 1-0. Ooh. What do you reckon? I'm going for a 2-1 Leicester victory. There you go. There you go. Like it. Like Give me the back on the goals. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to another um, big club. They're struggling. Uh, my favourites right now to win the Barclays Premier League, Man City, go to, to the Stoke, go to Windy Stoke and lose 2-0 in a... A performance that I think because it was windy, it was crazy windy there. It's not derogatory; it wasn't a metaphor. Premier League, however big you are, however many medals you've won, however many international caps you've got, this league is about going to the grounds, going to different places, going to different challenges, and overcoming. I know know all that. Let me tell tell, tell you what happened with Man City. Half those players came out to the warm up at the Britannia and saw the carrier bags in the in the the trash and the garbage flying over the pitch, and half of them mentally switched off. Half of them mentally said, oh, I can't wait to get, get, get back on the coach and be heading back to Manchester. They weren't at the races, Rob, and it showed mm. in the performance. Stoke were outstanding. Stoke did what I, I would expect Man City to do, dig in deep, work hard, do all the organisational and discipline things that are required, and then have enough talent in your team to get your goals. That's what Man City have in abundance. And I know Aguero doesn't play, didn't play, and I know Company didn't play, and so you're missing two key players. But this is a group stacked, stacked of ability. And it wasn't the lack of the two players that they lost the game. It was a, it was a mental approach, not being prepared for Windy Stoke mm. on, a, on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And, and if they don't win the title, Manchester City should hold their head in shame because by far they've got enough ability and enough talent to win this league in a, in, in a season where everybody else is dropping points and everybody else it looks a little bit as though they can't put the consistency together. This team won't win the league because they haven't put the effort in when it's required on days like the weekend. Yeah, and it's, that's always been the the question mark with Pellegrini's Man City is attitude yeah. and application. Just on Stoke, I, I think it's interesting... The players that they've got right now that, that were outstanding against Manchester City and they're talented mm. players, but they're almost getting a 
a second chance, Rob, or a third chance. Boyan, Shakiri, yeah. Afolai. Yeah. Big time. Um, they've been a big time clubs. They've been, you know, much hyped and talked about, and have for some reason just dropped off a little bit. They found a home yeah. at Stoke City, and I think they're now really starting to enjoy this football club with what Mark Hughes has done. Mm. I think is super interesting that that in terms of recruitment, what a good idea, by the way. Players that are, that are a good age, mm. they've been at big clubs, they haven't quite made it. Hey, come, mm. come here. We've got, we can give two, you good two, wages two things, real, two and a stepping stone, maybe. Um, I'm looking at some of those players that you talked about, Falai, Shakiri, Boyan, Arnautovic, um, play, you know, touch players, who three, four years ago wouldn't have even contemplated going to Stoke. Mm. They, they, they would have gone to Everton. They would have gone to Newcastle. They would have gone to, you know, what we call them, maybe some of those second-tier clubs. Well, because of what Stoke had done and because of what they're building, they are becoming one of those second-tier clubs now. And um, the second thing that, that I just have to say on this, and I, I know we, we'll maybe touch on, on United in a minute, is right now I, I'd rather watch Stoke than I'd rather watch Man United. There's more in Stoke going forward than there is at Man United, Rob. Yeah. Absolutely, I saw the games yeah. at the weekend, and Stoke were a better watch. Listen, nil-nil, Manchester United, West Ham. <laughs> that moves nicely into West Ham Hold and their on. struggles going forward. I need to just go back to what you said oh. about Chelsea because if I could have held that moment, you said Chelsea players are not playing for this guy, don't like the style, don't like enduring what they're doing. They're winning so they mm. put up with it, but they don't particularly like what's going on. I, I think everything that you said you can apply to Manchester United players. Now, I know you've got your argument about the control and the possession and he's building it his way and the young players at the front. Correct. But hold on a minute. But hold on a minute. Are these are those attack, attacking players as poor as what we're seeing or are they being restricted? You're not telling me if, 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 if Mauricio Pochettino had that group of attacking players, we wouldn't see more inventiveness, more creativeness, more risk, more, more dare. So you, I still, I hear your argument about the control of the game, and it's important to have the possession. But I still think there's an influence from the manager that's restricting his attacking players' creativity, that, that that's sucking away that creativity, and we're seeing another situation where Manchester United are struggling for goals. The booze at the end of the game are telling you everything about what the fans are thinking about what they're seeing, Rob. Yeah, it I just, just isn't. I don't think it's, it's good enough for Manchester United. I, I, I'm just, I just disagree. I just disagree. Not everything about that, Rob, because there's, there, of course, there's sense, and I, I understand mm. his style is is different to United of the past. I get that. I just think that that that's being blamed a little bit too much. There was nothing slow or negative about Manchester. United against West Ham United. They still went forward. They still tried to attack. They had opportunities. The strikers didn't finish their chances because they haven't got mm-hmm. quality, experienced, proven finishers in the final third. There was a bit more endeavour. There was still the control. Though West Ham United, by the way, you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, even though that foundation that I say has been a lot better, and we agree, defensively mm. they've been much better. They still have a little bit of a uh, a hole in that back four at certain times. But um, no, I mean, I, I think there's talk about potential players that, that Van Gaal might go for. And in his press conference, he kind of hinted that they need mm-hmm. a top-level proven striker to help out the younger ones. I, I Listen, you know, time will tell, Robert, OK? My, yeah. my point is that I want us to have this conversation in, you know, in April or, or if he's still there into next season because I think that that this could improve. And with a couple of new players and a little bit of the younger players improving, I think it could change. 
if you know, I might be wrong. If this continues and the and the and the, the signings are, are, are not good in the future, then it's all going to tumble down for him. But I just think everybody's jumping on him, and I reckon you know, cool your jets a little bit. I know, I know, I know, but I can kind of see where he's going. He's done it before with young players in the same style. He's won titles. I just think he needs a little bit more time and trust, mate. Okay, Robbie. Must let, let me say one more thing before we move on for United Champions League, Wolfsburg. Let's just say yeah. that doesn't go to plan. Let's just say that doesn't go to plan A. You end up in Plan B, Europa League football Thursday night. <laughs> the effect of that on the second half of your season. Mm. Tell me about it. Yeah, not not good, not good. I mean, I you know, uh, I think other teams we could see more Premier League teams dropping out of the Champions League and the potential of maybe Arsenal or Manchester United in the Europa mm. League. Have they have they ever been in the Europa League? I mean, it it, uh, it it's fascinating. But I, I, I want to. By the way, here's my my shout for today: Arsenal out. I want them to lose. Is like a million to nil in the midweek <laughs> in their game. So that they're out of Champions League, out of Europa League, no European football at all. I know it hurts Wenger's record. Full concentration on, on the Barclays Premier League. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 had, for yeah, they had a good victory against Sunderland and uh, Arsenal. They've got injury issues, but they look like <laughs> they're still going to win games and everybody else is so mm. bad that their par, their normal kind of points total or their par could be good enough to win the league. Let's jump forward, Rob, and talk about Newcastle and Liverpool. The last game we're going to pr- uh, yeah. look at here from the Barclays Premier League. and um, mm. it, it, it wasn't good for Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. We've given no. a lot of love and we've, we've kind of outlined what's been good about mm. his uh, time at Liverpool. Didn't see it. Didn't see the pressing. We didn't see the work ethic. We didn't see the no. front players that we've given credit for. I thought all the front players were very, very poor. I'm again mm. going to say and I, about Christian Benteke, and I know... Yeah. You like him. You thought it was a great signing. I wasn't sure. I, I'm even more sure he doesn't do enough. He doesn't do enough as a Liverpool striker to, to, to be an important player going forward for Jurgen Klopp. I've seen the moments. I've seen the spectacular goals. I've seen the way he attacks crosses brilliantly. Um, but in general play, he stands still next to the centre-back, waiting for crosses. And Liverpool needs somebody better than that. Firmino wasn't good as well. Um, but it's a work in progress. Yeah, there's, there's there's going to be some of the creative chances. Daniel Sturridge is still nursing him back to full fitness. You know, Chalmers missing, Coutinho's missing. They, they, they are big misses for, for clubs in days like like it was. And for me, Robbie, it was quite interesting. Saw a couple of things where I think days when Liverpool, and it might be a little bit of fatigue when they're playing um, the amount of games they've got coming up, and we know they've got a busy schedule from now through to the, the start of the new year, that when you can't maybe play the press, the press wasn't on up front, and midfield, they didn't really close down spaces. Defensively, I didn't think they, they were too bad, but they, they didn't have the press, and Benteke didn't start that off. Maybe he needs to have more energetic sort of partners around him to, to get him going, to influence him to, to start the press. But, but I just thought a couple of things, Rob. What I've realised with this Liverpool team is maybe if, if they're not being able to press this time, they'll have to sit deeper and rely on the attack on, on the attacking players. Now, I just wonder if it might be times where we'll see two sets of the strikers or, or the, a, a three a front three in a midweek game. It might be a Europa League game or if it's a League Cup, let's say for what, whatever. And then on the Saturday, you might have to play a fresh three so that he's got the energy, so that he's got the legs, so that they can do the press. Because it just felt as though they were. They never at any time dictated the game, Liverpool. They never were at any time really in control of the match, what they like to do. And I know sometimes it's only in spells, but they never really had any of those spells in those moments. And what came flooding back to me was that Jurgen Klopp 
chat with the boys when he was with Lee Ollo and Graham at the side of the pitch, and he said to the boys, calm down, boys, calm down. Mm. I thought it was one of those performances where it was a, calm down, everybody, yeah. calm down. Yeah. Liverpool ain't quite there yet. And I know Carl on the broadcast said that he thought they were title challengers. <laughs> I don't think they are. No, I think I if they could, hit, yeah. they could nick it at four spot, I think that, that, that would be a Brilliant. great achievement for them this year. They're still a work in progress. There's still lots to do between the manager and, and the group of players and finding out exactly how they're going to play week in, week out. And I still think that they're, they're finding out about themselves. Newcastle United will take it. And it felt like a big occasion. It felt, uh, you know, it's a TV game in the UK. It was the only game. The focus was there. The performance was there. Um, and we've got to give them credit for that. And, and it was a really good performance that got better throughout the game. I guess we've got to say, Rob, can they keep it going? You know, if they if they got more yeah. performances like that I, in You them. know, if, if they collapse next week at Spurs and lose 4-1, you wouldn't be surprised. And that that's the worry and the biggest slur I, can, I, I put on this Newcastle team, Rob. When they want to, big game, cameras were there, they, they were up for it. Credit Steve McLaren, he got them ready, they were organised, mm. they didn't make silly defensive mistakes, and they looked like a team. And I, I was watching the game thinking, you know, I look at Newcastle and they've got enough quality to be mid-table. But it, the worry for me is that the attitude of the group is a bottom three at times, and, that, and that's what holds them. If they can just get themselves right, if they can just get themselves focused, start taking this thing a little bit more seriously... They're a, they're a, they should be a comfortable 10, 11, 12 spot in the table, Robin, and then you've got something to build on. It wasn't the only football this weekend. MLS has a new champion. Uh, Columbus Crew 1, Portland Timbers 2 in a game that, <laughs> that started off crazy with a, with a terrible goalkeeping error and a Valeri goal. It, we saw more errors and mistakes. It was WWF uh, oh, football, mate. It, uh, it, it had everything in it. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. And, and I know, that, mm. I know that, uh, that you know Portland Timbers very well. They've got to be delighted, yeah. mate. Yeah, I was with Portland for a couple of years as, as their colour commentator and got to know the, the owner very well, Keller Porter, a group of the players. Um, you know, got quite close to people like Darlington Nagby and Jack Dewsbury who, who were part of the success. And what, what surprised me most about the game, Robin, and the first 20 minutes were just bizarre thrills, spills, you know, goalkeeping mistakes, refereeing decisions. Yeah. Is, is it, you had two coaches, Greg Browning and Keller Porter, who both pride themselves on their organisation, their discipline, their, their, their defensive setup, their possession of the ball. We saw none of that in the first tournament. It was just like everybody turning crazy. I, I don't know whether the, the event got caught up with people. Uh, Timbers Army, as, as I knew, would, would have a, a big contingent at the ground, so they created a great atmosphere. Um, and, and in the end, I thought Portland's ability to keep possession and turn that into chances as the game wore on, probably took, took the game away from Columbus Crew as a home team you would expect it to, to do a little bit more. Um, but it's, what, what was great for me with this organisation, Rob, is that Portland Timbers over the last three years since they've been in MLS have, have been known really for the Timbers Army, the group of fans for selling out for a great atmosphere. And I don't think at times the, the teams had enough credit because they're, they're a decent group of, of players, it's a decent team. And Caleb Porto, I know well and, and I've seen him work, is an outstanding young coach who's very ambitious, is very confident. One day, I think, would like to be to be the U.S. national team manager. Uh, and so days like, like yesterday will, will do him no harm. But it's great for the city, great that an expansion team after three years can win the MLS Cup. So that gives 
spoke to all the new teams that, that are coming in, and um, you know, it, it was it was a harem scare and game. It was going all over the globe. I know people in England were watching it and texting me and things, and and so in some respects, I don't think it was a bad advert for, for MLS. It, it maybe wasn't the cultured football that people maybe. Um, see in European leagues but it, it was what the MLS is it was end to end it was action packed and it was a great watch just just before we wrap up I, I'm I'm fascinated with Keller Porter I, I think mm. he's got personality he's got a yeah. strong character I, I think he's very yeah. structured in his training and his, his practices and he's he's won in college he's now won in, in the pros you kind of hinted at it early on is there bigger things ahead for this guy? Number one, U.S. national team, and how about coaching? I wonder if you can give us an insight. Does he fancy coaching in Europe? Is that does he want to go somewhere else uh, with his career? Yeah, Kelvin and I we, we speak quite regularly and just talk about the game. Jen, he's one of those students of the game. He's very much into tactics. He's very much into looking overseas and seeing what happens with systems and players and pressing. And yeah, he's got ambition. He, he he stopped fell a little bit when he had the Olympic under under twenty three teams and didn't qualify for the last Olympics, and that hurt him and hurt his reputation a little bit. And he's come to Portland and he he knows that he's had to rebuild from an Akron um, college program where he, he basically won won every year. Had a great team of, of so many players who've gone on to to become big players in, in MLS. So yes, he's very ambitious. Uh, I think there's no doubt he'd like to one day manage the national team. And he, he, I think his bigger drive is to, to, to go into Europe. And I think, you know, I, I've spoke about, with him about it and said, you know, he's the sort of coach that if he could go to a championship team, and I'm talking like somebody like a Leeds United, a sleeping giant who hasn't been doing well with his coaching ability, with his personality, with his, his confidence that he takes with him onto the training ground and in front of the media, if he can find one of those kind of clubs and do well, he could find himself in, in somewhere like the Premier League. And I'll tell you what, he won't be he won't be fearful of it. Um, some people maybe don't like that he's a little bit confident. Some would say bordering on arrogance. But I think you've got to be if you if you if you believe in yourself, you want to be a top manager. And I I, I saw him and, and worked with him a little bit for for about a month, and I phoned a few people at home and said, I've seen a guy who's a mini Josie Mourinho. He's got that thing about him. And whether he just thinks he's special or he is special, time will find out. But uh, he's a good coach. And if he's given the right opportunity and the right platform, I think there's bigger things ahead. All right, mate. There was lots to talk about. That's it for our uh, Two Robbies Football podcast. But remember, you can watch the Two Robbies or listen to the Two Robbies Football show every Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports Radio on NBCSportsRadio.com. Or you can just download that app. Speak to you next time. Want to earn extra cash for the holidays? Amazon Flex is expanding in the San Francisco Bay Area. Opportunities in Richmond, Oakland, and Daly City. Earn around $20 to $27 an hour delivering packages with Amazon. All you need is a car, a smartphone, and some free time. This is a great opportunity to be your own boss, deliver when you want, and make extra money. With Amazon Flex, you'll have flexible hours and great earnings. To get started, download the app at flex.amazon.com. That's F-L-E-X amazon.com. You must be at least 21 years old. Limited opportunities available. Get started at flex.amazon.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. 
Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.